Welcome back to Fold in the Cheese. It's your boy K Troll on the mic. And the first week of NFL action is behind us. We have learned a lot. We're going to chat about all of it. Woo! <laughs> I'm joined by Ethan Gelfand. What's happening? I don't know if we actually did learn a lot, though. I feel like we've noticed things, but I don't know how much we actually learned. <laughs> Well, it's always tough really... to tell, you know, yeah. first week what you truly learn and versus what we're going to overreact to today, which we're absolutely going to do. Oh, yeah, I love... <laughs> uh, yeah, no, we're definitely going to overreact, rate it, drop half my team. I think Josh Allen's going to be on the waiver wire at some point pretty soon. So just... I get it. Let's, let's go. <laughs> let's yeah, go. I get it. I get it. Um, let's start things off with Thursday night, the Thursday night thriller between yeah. the Lions and the Chiefs. We were pumped about this. <clears throat> I'm so excited. So excited. You lost your voice already. Like, I get choked oh up thinking about it. <laughs> we were pumped well, about this game. The Lions came out and played well. What were your takeaways from that one? Well, I think the takeaways are that the, the Chiefs, you know, we've always said that, you know, Mahomes can throw it to anybody out there and he's going to get 5,000 yards in a season and still score, you know, 40 touchdowns. It's not going to matter. But, you know, without the Travis Kelsey out there, he was, but the, the thing was, he was always that, that safety valve. And so with him gone, that safety valve is out, not even an option. So now you're putting all this heavy emphasis on these second, third, fourth tier receivers, and they showed their true colors. And, you know, he can only do so much. How many times was he like this when he would make a pass? I mean, the pick six against him was literally in Tony's hands. Yeah, there's a great (laughs) picture of him. Looking like he's holding the ball as if he had just caught it. <laughs> it's like <laughs> and this, this is a pick this ended six. up being an interception. <laughs> pick six. So I mean, I think what it just shows us is that he is mortal in the sense that he can only do so much. You know, he can only make the pinpoint pass, and yet someone still has to receive it and catch it. So it's wild. I mean, we just always assume for this long that it didn't matter who it was, he's gonna spread the ball around and they'll make the plays they need to, but they just didn't. Uh, and I mean, that's obviously speaks volumes to who Travis Kelsey is and how great he can do and what he can do on the field. So thanks. I think that was probably the biggest takeaway for me. And, and don't get me wrong. The, the Lions had a great game plan. They played very well. They executed when they needed to. Uh, but it also just speaks to what the Chiefs are lacking right now. Yeah, I agree. I do think like it seems like when it rains, it pours in these situations where sure. you're not going to see that same output from the no. Chiefs receivers in another week. And had they not dropped all those passes, this game could have been very, very different. Yeah. Um, including the Chiefs could have could have won by ten points or something, you know, without a pick six, and then all of a sudden, several key third down passes were catchable that were not caught. So, um, and that's that's the NFL. You know, it does happen occasionally. It's not usually like piled on like that, but when it does, it's just kind of like, what what are you supposed to do? What are you supposed to do? Well, you're not going to see it again because these receivers are going to be looking for a job. They uh, should be. <laughs> the freaking Kadarius Tony and Sky Moore should be Although, off the team. I'll tell you what. Um, so the Lions were up 21-20, and then when they were driving, but they stalled and gave the ball back to the Chiefs with 2.45 left. I'm like, classic Lions, here we go. Like They had a chance to maybe like put it a little further away, but they couldn't, and then they're giving the ball back to the quarterback, the best quarterback in the league, with two minutes and 45 seconds. He's used to having like 40 seconds. He's right. Like, an additional He's done it with minutes. like 13 seconds before. Like he, yeah. this is plenty of time. I have basically an entire game to score three points. Uh, yep. Kind of had that feeling, but this is a different Lions team. Obviously, this was a different look Chiefs team. And I mean, the Lions made the plays when they needed to. And it was awesome to see. So I hope they're for real. They're a fun team to watch. 
Obviously, they got an exciting coaching staff and Dan Campbell. I mean, okay, so fantasy impact. What is your take, real quick, on David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs? I was just going to ask you the same exact thing. I don't want to. I don't want to steal on one game this week, and I, I do want to keep it fantasy. But <laughs> I totally agree. One. It's a, that's big a great. It's a good one, though. I think that the Lions went into this game with a game plan to try and control the clock and control the ball as much as they could. David Montgomery is a good between the tackles runner. He's a thumper. You know he can handle the workload. You've got this rookie. Gibbs looked much better than Montgomery. Unlimited uh, action, but right. I do think that over time that that split's going to start to favor Gibbs more, at least until it gets to 50-50, if not slightly in Gibbs' favor. Sure, but I do think Montgomery's not going away. Um, no. I just think he's um, he was he served his purpose in this game. That's my my takeaway. Yeah, I mean it's also opening game against the defending champs. You want to go with the I don't want to call him a savvy vet at this point, but you know the safer bet in Dave Montgomery. You yeah. know what you're going to get out of him. It's not flashy, it's but it's effective. He'll move the chains when he needs to, and I think they even said coming into the game that they're they're not just going to hand over the keys to Gibbs right away. They're going to ease him into it, which I think is a smart move. Unfortunately for fantasy owners who are taking Gibbs in the third and the fourth round, that's not what you want to see out of, out of potentially your RB one or RB two. Yeah. Um, but I think you just got to be patient with him. He will get the touches. I mean, he's. He's clearly got the talent, especially receiving balls at the backfield. But for now, I mean, it's not like either one of them at this point right now is an RB1. Uh, Jameer Gibbs, I think, is still an RB2 with a Dave Montgomery as a potential flex. I was pissed on Thursday night because of my neighborhood league. Dude I was playing had Jared Goff, Amon Ra, and David Montgomery. So going into the game, I was like, ah, you know, Amon Ra is always a beast. Montgomery, he's not going to do garbage. And then freaking, of course, Montgomery scores a touchdown. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah. So, yeah like, you go into an early rut, and you're like, oh, great. i got to dig I, my way out of this thing. I hate early ruts. I was down, I don't know, like 40 to nothing. <laughs> I'm like, this, yeah. is, this is great. But So I'm going to skip ahead to Monday night because I think yeah. we got a similar question with the Jets' backfield. Um, obviously, the Aaron Rodgers Achilles injury is devastating and is going to have really nasty impacts on the entire Jets team, unfortunately, especially the receivers. But – Tell me what you saw from the backfield between Dalvin Cook and Brees Hall and how you think that's going to play out as the year goes on. Well, especially the fact that Brees Hall was questionable coming into the game. You know, we're not sure what you were going to see out of him, how many touches. And then he busts off an 83-yard run. Uh, didn't see that. Which, by the way, how does he not score that? Like, I, I don't know that I've ever seen an 83-yard run not get housed. It just ran out of gas. But the best part is the team didn't even score off that. Like, that, they, that is, they got field goal, but they didn't get yeah, a touchdown. That is uh, I mean, if you're a Brees Hall owner, that's incredibly encouraging because it's not like they then went away from him. Uh, you know, he ended up with, I think, over 120 or 130 yards. And Dalvin Cook still got his. I think he got, what, 50, 60 yards? Um, I mean, it's it's promise. If you're a Brees Hall owner, you're you're happy just because you saw they stuck with him. Sure, Dalvin Cook still got some of his carries, but they want Brees Hall to be the focal point, and especially now of this running attack and potentially this offense. So, uh, if you're Brees Hall owners, especially because let's be honest, you're not you didn't get Brees Hall until what fifth or sixth round, and fourth or fifth, yeah. You're probably happy with that production, and so I, I think again. I'd be happy as a Brees Hall owner right now. Here's the only problem with it, though, is like he only had, I think, 10 touches. And so I know that's going to go up over the season, throughout the season. And I think second half of the year, he's going to be a monster. I think that's sort of the common consensus. But like in the meantime, if he's looking at 10 or 12 touches, what if those had gone for 40 yards instead of 120? Then all of a sudden, it's a very different game for you. And you're thinking, I got four to six points out of Brees Hall. You're not okay with that because you did have to, you did have to pay. 
you know, fourth, fifth, sixth round, whatever it was, you had to pay a decent premium, you know. So 12 attempts, he had 10 attempts, two targets, one reception. He did have a 20 yard reception. So that's nice. That helped. <laughs> that and helped. 10, 10 rushes for 127 yards. Obviously, monster, but like, what if it was 10 for 40 and one catch for eight? Then you're looking at 5.8 points and a PP, full PPR. How are you feeling right now? You know, true. I mean, I, as I said, it, with game one, expectations of not even sure how much he's going to play. If he does, I think that's a good sign that he did get the amount of touches he did and the production he had. So I'm just saying it's a, it's a, uh, what's the word? It's, what's the phrase? Like a stilted optimism or a hesitant optimism. Stilted, I think, is a little, a little too big of a word. That's wow. Look at you go. Okay. Well, I'm going to put you on the spot then because I've got Brees Hall in one of my leagues. It's a full PPR. Ooh. And I want to run um, a couple of names by you to see which one you'd rather be starting this week. All right. Blind resumes. Blind resumes, <laughs> but they've been going to tell you the names. <laughs> but you're going to get the names. Not so blind, maybe deaf. We know these guys. Okay. So I've got Tony Pollard in this league. Obviously, he's a start. He's such a monster. I love him. Yep. So I've also got this combination of players James Cook, Raheem Mostert, Brees Hall, Khalil Herbert. Samaj P. Ryan. All right. Mm-hmm. A bunch of like startable, decent options. Sure. Um, and obviously matchup does matter, right? I was but, gonna say you then start to look at matchups for sure. But yeah. But so let's let's even pull P Ryan out of that because we saw Javante yeah. Williams carry. I mean, it was about 50-50 split, but like Williams is there doing his thing. So it's not gonna be the P Ryan show the first couple weeks like we maybe hoped it would be, just to give us some clarity. So now sure. we're looking at Khalil Herbert, Raheem Mostert, James Cook, and Brees Hall. I think when healthy, he's better than all those guys, undoubtedly. But yes. um, where do you start them right now in this season, right now? You know, Again, am I taking matchups into consideration? Because I'm looking at the Jets, they're playing the Cowboys, and that I don't want to see him go up against Micah Parsons. So yep. I'm looking so at That's a perfect, perfect, perfect question. you got Mostert's got New England. You don't love that. James yeah, Cook's got Vegas. Much which, better lineup there. Much better. So honestly, again, looking at the matchups, I'm going to go with James Cook there. Okay, um, what about between the other three? Mostert, Khalil Herbert, who's got Tampa Bay, and Brees Hall. Khalil Herbert, man, I'm just not sure. I'm not I'm not very high on Khalil Herbert, especially just we got Justin Fields going to be running the, the running back as quarterback. So I just I feel like Herbert's going to be very very hit or miss this season. And so I'm I can't necessarily risk that. So I would go Cook, Mostert, or Mostert, excuse me, and then Herbert. Okay. So do it. Lock okay. But what about Hall? <laughs> oh, I sorry. I thought you were taking him out of the equation. You said the other three. Um, I would definitely put him above Herbert. <laughs> uh, and just Mostert is the one you're thinking. Yeah, that's the only other one. Just, I mean, based on talent alone. Don't get me wrong. I love. I know Mostert's your boy. You can't. I can't quit him. Uh, but <laughs> so I, that that's a toss up again, just based on how dominant that. That Dow, that, that Dow boy D is so that uh, Dow boys, <laughs> them Dow. How about them Dow boys? Dow boy callus, callus yeah. Dow boys. Okay, so that's that's an issue that I think a lot of people are going to be facing. Is like, what do you do with these guys? Do you start them right away? Do you wait? Obviously, I think you've got a great player, and he's going to be money. And maybe he keeps doing what he's doing. Like maybe he's just going to beast out, and they're going to give him limited rep, limited reps, and he just crushes. Sure. Uh, matchups will matter, but Buffalo's. I wouldn't have thought it's a great matchup either, but right. Uh, well, hey, I'm going to let's stick in Monday night, because as you know, in our league, I was down by 32 points going into Monday night's game. And I had Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs still left to play. So I didn't feel confident, but I didn't feel despondent. I was like, OK, this is definitely doable. 
great. End of the first half, I'm now only down by two points. And I'm thinking yeah, – Von Diggs came out and played, yeah. This is done. I've got this in the bag. So I actually stopped watching the game for a little bit. Just took a little break. I was like, okay, I'm good. I'm good. I come back to the fourth quarter. I'm somehow down seven points now. What? How am I going backwards? Because Josh Allen just keeps giving the ball away. Into the final drive of the game, I'm down five. Like, he's getting me negative points. I was was so close, and now I'm losing points. I'm losing more. We get minus two for interceptions and fumbles, so. Yes, and so uh, thank God on the final drive, he hits Stephon Diggs for a couple, you know, decent gains, so I end up winning, you know, barely. So, I mean, overreaction, do I need to start looking for – here I am this season saying I'm drafting my franchise quarterback in the second round, and here I go and do it. Dude gets me 11 points. Granted, I won only because the guy I was playing, D-Raids, Joe Burrow got him a three spot. So on a normal week, that ain't going to cut it. So am, am I in already panic mode over my quarterback or what? Dude, calm down. Calm no, down about I'm Josh Allen. I'm overreacting, Kemper. I can't calm down. <laughs> we can overreact about a lot of things today, but Josh Allen is not one of them. I'm not going to overreact about that. Okay, I but mean, then I started the Jets – but here's the problem then. I started going down a rabbit hole and reading more about Josh Allen. Because, like, yes, I've followed him throughout. He has led the league in turnovers over the past six years. And don't I know the first couple years of his career were rocky. They weren't the best. But he has the most turnovers in this span. He led the league in interceptions last year or turnovers total last year. So it's just now, now I'm freaking out, man. I'm overreacting. And yet, where did he finish in fantasy last year? Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's that's what you have to look at is like, yeah, that's great. That's fantastic. I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you right QB3, now. QB3, right? QB3. Uh, QB2. Hurts and no. he was two? QB2. In our league, he was QB2 behind Mahomes. That's it. Okay. I didn't know if Hurts passed him. Not even close. 50 points ahead. Oh, wow. Okay. We get six points per passing touchdown in this league, so that does make a difference. But e- either way, second or third, all right? So I don't care about his turnovers in general, it's it's a little bit of Jameis Winston out there where you're kind of like, <laughs> he's going to have three picks, but he's also going to throw for 350 and four touchdowns, so I don't really care. Right. Um, he's not quite that, obviously. He does run a lot more than Jameis, and he also is not quite the turnover machine. Um, but I don't, And it's part of his game. I mean, I've He's been that way since he came into the league. I mean, he was obviously much worse then, but um, no, he's going to be fine. He's going to be fine. It's the Jets. It's a, it's a killer defense. That's true. It was hyped it up Monday night, Aaron Rodgers game. Like it was, it was so hyped. It was in MetLife. Like it was, it was hyped. All right. Um, all right. Of course, talk, he's got to play them again. He's got to play the Patriots twice and all that. I mean, he's got some tough, they're going to have tough matchups, but that's always the case for him. He'll, he'll be fine. Speaking of quarterbacks, how was yours this week? So I ended up with uh, Sam Howell. I started Sam Howell this week, and he got me like 18 points or something. Not bad. Better than Josh Allen. Yeah, better than Josh Allen. It was fine. You know, um, I, I had Anthony Richardson on my bench. I almost started him. He would have gotten me 23. That would have been the play. I had Kenny Pickett as an emergency, and I just dumped him. So um, who actually, I think he'll be fine, but he's got a, another couple tough matchups here. So I'm not going to worry about him yet. But yeah, so I, I started Sam Howell not as – not as good as I hoped. You know, I thought against Arizona, they're going to crush. Yeah. And he's just going to light it up. He's got McLaurin and John Dotson. They did not crush. They did not look good. <laughs> he did not look good. Um, he did run in a touchdown, thankfully, and he threw for one. So that kind of salvaged my day. But it was not impressive. Right. I've got hope that he can bounce back. But um, truthfully, and I've said this 
a lot. This is not a new reaction. I don't know that he's an NFL quarterback. I just Same have out. never had faith in that. I think he's a great college quarterback. Did not have faith that he'd be a good NFL quarterback. Maybe I'm wrong, and maybe he's going to turn around and be great. For my fantasy team, I hope so. For my personally, I don't because I don't freaking like the guy. <laughs> um, but I met him personally. He was playing with me in the backyard. and he Oh, I'm sure he's lovely. I'm sure he's a, a very nice young man. But um, Is no. Matt Ryan still in your backyard? Yeah, he and Drew Brees are out there tossing the rock right now. Okay. I'm going to just stop by as well. Yeah, I uh, so I'm probably going to start Anthony Richardson, assuming his knee is healthy. I'm probably going to start him going forward, and I think he's going to be exactly what I hoped he'd be, which is like a really solid, high floor rushing guy that is actually maybe a better passer than we all thought off season he was going to be. And that would be yeah. what a steal that would be in the draft. It was like the freaking twelfth round or some shit when I got him. It was just so funny to see you slide down the quarterback. <laughs> it was like- awful. It was, it was awful. So let me tell you about my quarterback woes because I went up against the team that drafted the exact team I was expecting to draft. Okay. Blake, one spot behind me, ended up getting a lot of the players that I had mock drafted whenever I was drafting from the five spot. Again, Austin Eckler fell to me unexpectedly. So I had to take him. And I'm glad I did. He got yeah, 27 points. That was great. Game. How about him having over 100 rushing yards, which is never, which he never does? Yeah, crushing it. He crushed it. They they both looked really good, by the way. Josh Kelly is another one. Josh Kelly, who I picked up. Overreaction, Josh Kelly. Yeah, I picked him up on the waivers. Continue Um, your woes. Yeah, he's going to be – he might be a thing. That might be a real thing, especially if Eckler's banged up with his ankle. So, anyway, I'm going up against Tyreek Hill, who was the sixth pick, which I really was thinking about at five. Of course, he had an absolute monster game. Um, Tony Pollard, who I wanted on the way back through, who I mocked every time. Tyreek Hill, Tony Pollard. And then quarterback, when I let it slip, I was thinking, that's okay, I'll grab Tua. Nope, Blake grabbed him too. <laughs> Snake me on that. So I had to go up against those three, and combined they scored about as many points as my whole team. Um, they had about 100 points combined, over 100 points actually. Well, when Tua, he had 80 yeah. points from Tua and Tyreek Hill. I was say, I'm Tyreek. just like, <laughs> unbelievable. I lost by 26. If they would have only scored like 55 between the two of them, I would have won. <laughs> It's which is still like a good, which is still a which good still week. Be an amazing week. It'd be like Tua <laughs> for 30 and Tyreek for 25. Those both would have been like well above their projections. That would have been great. If they hit their projections, I'd have won by 20. Nope. JK. Nope. Okay. Nope. <laughs> See that? And again, but okay. So real, real quick, I, I feel like week one in general, this fantasy week was, was just down for everybody, except for, you know, there were some exceptions to that rule, you know, obviously with Tua and Tyreek, um, trying to think of some Brandon Ayuk had a big Brandon game. Ayuk. Yep. But other than that, defense. I feel like it was a pretty brutal fantasy week. You know, obviously we talked about Joe Burrow, three points with that Jamar Chase I go. T. Higgins, eight targets, Goose zero egg. receptions. Yeah. So zero points. So you didn't talk about that. Blake had T. Higgins, got him a donut. <laughs> That's true. That's true. He didn't um, need him. Didn't need him, which is true. I mean, obviously, like a Josh Allen, 11 points. I mean, obviously, the entire Giants offense, not that you had that many Giants on your team, but Darren Waller, nothing. Saquon was brutal. Um, I mean, I don't know. J.K. Dobbins going down for the year. So I just feel like it was a brutal. Obviously, anybody on the Falcons, ask Arthur Smith. He says, I don't care. Once again, he has another quote about fantasy owners. The fact that Drake London, uh, which who people thought was going to be really kind of a steal this year, zero catches. So, yeah, it was just a funky fantasy week it was a low output fantasy very low admit. Output. and i think some of that's like 
Some of that is probably attributable to them only having three preseason games, and therefore a lot of teams don't even play their starters at all during the preseason. Right. And so you get this. It's kind of like they're kicking off a lot of rust here. Like it's not it's not a great-looking product. The defensive players get more playing time in the preseason, and I think it's easier for them to be ready to go. The offense just – like the rhythm's not there. They're not gelling. They're not connecting on the passes, the run-blocking schemes and all that. I mean, I just I – don't, I don't think they're as ready to start cold – as a defense is. And right. so I think you see some of this. I'm not shocked and we probably should manage expectations going forward in future seasons. Like first week's probably going to be kind of lower output. Pretty gross. Here's hoping you get those couple players that blow up because <laughs> yeah. otherwise Although, you're in trouble. I do have to tout my, uh, my neighborhood league. I kind of beasted this week. I had the highest score. I almost had the biggest blowout. Uh, I had over 160 points and because I had, um, well, so and, and imagine this, Joe Burrow was my quarterback, so I got three points out of him. But then I had Stephon Diggs, Tyreek Hill, Calvin Ridley, and Aaron Jones all going over. I think the lowest score of those four, four was 22 points. So What a really, nasty threesome of receivers. Good yeah, grief. that was pretty good. Uh, okay, but you talked about – so we talked about managing expectations. So let's go to the flip side of that. Kemper, give me two of your overreactions from this week one. Two overreactions, fantasy-wise. Two of my overreactions. Um, Second-year quarterbacks, Sam Howell and Kenny Pickett, don't belong in the NFL. <laughs> okay, I don't know if that's the true overreaction, but maybe the Kenny Pickett. Maybe the Kenny Pickett. Okay. so they don't um, What else? Um, the Falcons should not have drafted B. John Robinson. Ooh, yeah. Tyler Algier crushed it. Like it's just the system. It's the system and volume. And why did you go spend a pick on Bijan Robinson if If you're not going to use him? I mean, yeah. Or like you don't really need him. Yes, he is better than Tyler Algier, no doubt. But Tyler Algier is getting the job done. So like, there's no reason to throw it in there. Cordell Patterson still got him. He still probably got some juice. They were doing it last year with Caleb Huntley. Like. Yeah. Anyone throw insert name here can go into that offense and run the ball. So therefore, okay. why did you draft Bijan Robinson? But then let me back up. Why did you draft Drake London? Let me back up. Why did you draft Kyle Pitts? You should be <laughs> stacking your defense and your offensive line and just let your system run itself. And then who cares at that point? Okay. You know? So piggybacking on that, are you overreacting about Bijan and whether or not he's worth where most people were drafting in the first round, if not early second, is that an overreaction to being like, "Oh crap, I'm I regret this decision." Uh, sure, yeah, sure. I think so he's overreaction. Be Trade him now. <laughs> overreaction. Cut Bijan. No, I think <laughs> I think he's totally gonna have a great year, and it that pendulum probably will swing, but I don't know. Maybe not. It it's a good formula. It worked for them, and it, as you hear Arthur Smith, like that's all he cares about is like if the formula works, I'm not changing it. So. Okay. We may not see as much of the workload with from for Bijan as we hoped, and I think every historical like there's a lot of all the podcasts are talking about running backs taken in the first round, particularly in the first like 15 picks, get these like very predictably super high workloads. You know, mm-hmm. it's like 300 plus touches guaranteed because it's happened every single time. And then you see this, and you're kind of like, what if it doesn't? What if what if he's like a 15 touch a game guy, and he's a freak? But they just don't need to hammer with him. They hammer with Algier. And this guy's like Jameer Gibbs and Montgomery. You know, it's kind of like that where it's like sure. maybe it's maybe it's a complimentary role. And you're like, he's the better player, but not for what they need at the time. I don't know. Overreaction. Overreaction. Bijan, RB3, Max. 
Uh, all right. So I'm going to give you a couple of mine. I'll give you two. Overreaction number one, Matt Stafford is worth a fantasy start. <laughs> Matt Stafford. I mean. How about those Rams receivers, man? That's what I'm saying. It's kind of, it, it's showing once again, you know, obviously last year was just kind of an anomaly. We don't know what the extent of his elbow injury was. Obviously he only played, what, seven, eight games max, I think. And then Cooper Cup goes down, so their offense was in shambles. Although Baker, stud, second half for the Rams. But. It was a revenge game for Baker. It was a revenge game. Um, I don't know. I just feel like overreaction that Stafford is showing that he's still got some juice left and he can spread the ball out. You know, once it, maybe it's this last year's chief offense where it's like you don't need that big name receiver. You can still spread it around. Maybe no one receiver is going to get over 100 yards. But if you get four guys getting 60 to 70 yards, I mean, it works. And they're playing a good Seahawks team or at least – and maybe an overachieving Seahawks team from last year. But I mean, Stafford was one of five quarterbacks, only five to go over 300 yards. So guarantee you he's a big pickup this week and might be worth a start. Uh, you asked me yesterday if I could name the other four. It took me about seven guesses, but I did get there. You did. And it was shocking. It was Derek Carr. It was um, Tua, obviously, Stafford. Yep. yep. Um, you like that? You like that? Yeah, Kirk Cousins and was it Bake Show as well? No, it <laughs> no, was not Mac Jones, the P. Mac Jones, that's right, Mac Jones. <laughs> I think I asked Bake Show uh, yesterday too. Anyway, those are five random people to have gone over 300 in the first week. Um, the 201 is the only, probably the only one that made any sense. And I mean, Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins throw, I was going to say, you could throw Kirk Cousins in there. He's been yeah. decently consistent the past few years. Nothing flashy, but he'll get you 270 to 300 yards. Uh, so yeah, Matt oh. Stafford, man. Worth worth the potential start. The worth a start. Fine. Um, what's the other one? Uh, my other overreaction is that. <laughs> sorry, my other overreaction is that T. Higgins is going to be a non-factor this year. Wow! Overreaction. Overreaction. Um, you, the Bengals going freaking off next week against the Rams. What next week he's going to get 200 yards, three touchdowns, and just write a note to me say receipts, receipts, receipts. Because uh, we, we know he's a, frequent, he's a frequent listener. Uh, I just think it's kind of a, a difficult situation for him. One off season wise, obviously Joe Burrow gets this huge, massive, ex- richest deal in history. His rookie deal is coming up. He does not have a deal yet, so he's playing with that in the back of his mind. I just feel like when that happens, you see it so often where they have an off year because that's just the drama going off in the background. And I don't know, maybe there's just, obviously Joe is the richest man in NFL history. Now Jamar chases his guy. I don't know. I just feel like T Higgins is going to take a step back this year. You also see the Josh Jacobs story where he's playing for that contract and he becomes a top three player. At his but had, yes. But then what happens to Josh Jacobs? He plays the best year and he gets, a one-year franchise tag. He's a running back, but true. Yeah, and that's the thing. yeah I mean, maybe you're playing for the franchise tag. That's got to be in your mind, too. I don't know how much the contract stuff really bothers the players. I mean, I don't know if it's um, – and to that point, it may not be much of a motivator either. I don't know. I, I really don't know about that dynamic. My gut, and because they're making so much money anyway, my gut tells me they're just out there to play football and let their agents worry about that stuff and make sure they get paid and whatever. If it becomes like a bloody – public nasty affair then it makes Jonathan a lot more Taylor, sense. Prover, yeah, yeah. yeah that makes more sense and he yeah. his play could be impacted by it but like 
the Bengals love T Higgins. The fans love T Higgins. He's had a great career so far. He's still super young. Like that guy's got a nice career. Right, ahead Kemper, of him. This segment is not called rationalization. This segment Fine. is called overreaction. Okay. You're right. He's done. He's probably never going to play again. <laughs> he's never going to play. Not even just not produce. He's just not going to play again. He's done. He's done. <laughs> he's absolutely done. How about, okay. So this is not an overreaction, but I want to hear about the, the um, Eagles backfield. How surprised were you that Kenneth Gainwell get all the work? Rashad Penny's a healthy scratch. A healthy and scratch. DeAndre Swift got two touches. I don't know, man. I mean, that's just wild. Like, why even trade for DeAndre Swift? I mean, granted, you got him at discount, which is a good value. You sign Rashad Penny. And then don't even – I mean, I guess I wasn't there in OTAs. I wasn't there in training camp to see what kind of was going on behind the scenes. But that's just wild, right? I mean – is yep. this going to be kind of once again a rotating backfield? I know Miles Sanders was the lead dog definitely last year, but the season prior, it was him and Boston Scott and Kenneth Gamewell and it, Jordan Howard and random guys. Yeah. Right. So is it just going to be this committee again? Or I, is Gainwell, you, do you think Gainwell is the guy? I think Gainwell's the guy, and the other guys will mix in in whatever packages they need them to. So Swift will be a pass catcher. If Penny's playing, he'll be a thumper. If not, Boston Scott's weirdly their thumper, like goal line back. Um, I think, and this is a real cheap comparison because he's also from Memphis. Um, but I think it's Gainwell's kind of their Tony Pollard is their wow. is their thought is like he's the explosive, um, multifaceted player. Can he handle the workload? I don't know. He's a little small, um, so they're they're not real sure. And he's already kind of dinged up right now. So, okay. but if he can, I think he's a smash, and I think he's a hell of a value, you know, where he was going in the drafts. If drafted at all, it was real late. Yeah, true. It's just I'm just wild. thankful. I took him in our dynasty league because yeah. I had DeAndre Swift, and I was like, I'm just going to get Gainwell partially as insurance, but partially because you could already hear some noise in the offseason about, like, Gainwell's the guy who's getting a lot of work because he's the only one who's held over from last year, and I'm kind of like, well, and I don't he's know still if that young, means. and he's proven he can handle some yeah. stuff. So, I mean, that's a great pickup in Dynasty for sure. And, heck, it's going to potentially even for normal leagues now, too. I know. I know. I'm going to start him in some of my other leagues this week and just expect that he's their lead dog, you know? Right. It's worth and it. And maybe I'll be totally wrong, and maybe they'll be like, nope, it's Swift this week, and they just rotate <laughs> him around. I don't know. But Fair. I think it's his job to lose. Okay. Before we end, who did you pick up on waivers this week? I picked up Josh Kelly. Um, I tried to get Puka Nakua, and obviously <laughs> did not. I tried to get Kenneth Gainwell and did not. But Josh Kelly makes perfect sense for me, too, because I've got Eckler. So it's nice for me to have the insurance. But also, if this is a real thing, we saw this a lot this weekend, man. I can't I can't get over how many backfields we saw two guys kind of go off, you know? Yeah. Um, that happened a lot. And so I don't know if that cuts into the lead back that much or if it just shows that teams can do it with more than one guy. I don't know, but... That was interesting. He ran very well. It's, yeah, I don't know. It's just bizarre to me. Uh, I tried to pick up Gus Edwards. I failed. Yeah. And yeah. the other one I tried to get was uh, in my neighborhood league, tried to get Kenneth Gainwell, but I failed. Yep. So, yeah, those are my two, and I just missed. Uh, I guess this actually, this dude I actually have on my dynasty is this guy worth a look as we, as we were getting ready to go here. Kyron Williams of the Rams. Another weird backfield where you thought it was one thing. So Cam Akers did get 22 carries, but he only got yep. 29 yards. 29 yards. And a touchdown, <laughs> thank God. But 29 yards, yeah. So Kyron Williams was catching buzz last year. I don't know if you remember this preseason. 
I remember um, Adam Schefter actually made some bold prediction that he was going to be the number one back for the Rams and he ended up getting injured at the beginning of the season and could never totally work his way back in. Right. But um, I, I don't know, man. I could see him taking over that backfield too. Akers did not look did not look good, and I really expected he would this year, another year removed from the injury. Um, so I, I don't know. I would be very nervous about that. I wouldn't start Kyron Williams yet. I'd see at least one more game to see how it shakes out. If Akers gets the same workload as he did this past game and turns it into a lot more productive day, maybe we kind of cool down a little bit. If not, Kyron Williams show. Let's go. Why not? The Rams. Are, I, I think the Rams are kind of in like why not mode anyway. True. That's true. Let's just see what sticks. Worth a shot. Uh, by the way, I love I love our new uh, sets. I like that we really ramped up our, you know, our, our really our work areas. Yeah, the production is is gone way up. And um, hey, we got paid, so we happens. got paid. Obviously, we're going to the big leagues now. <laughs> All right, man. Well, games are coming up. Thursday night game is going to be an exciting one. Weird that there are two Monday night games this week. I don't know if I like that, but it's probably because they're crappy games. Um, yeah. So yeah, week two. Let's see if maybe the fantasy implications kind of calm down a little bit. Maybe get back to a sense of normalcy. But until next time, keep on folding. Fold it. Fold it.